you for uh, for having us. Uh, and, and thank you for uh, Pastor Chad for that great announcement about uh, community night, worship night. And, and, and it's awesome to get everyone together. Um, it, what we talk about on our website is, is uh, making connections inside of corrections and making community outside. And, and all of our partner churches, and the Vineyard is one of our partner churches, um, it's a big deal to bring folks together. Because everyone's going to come back into a community, but it's a matter of what kind of community. And by connecting folks with local churches, um, we offer folks a different kind of community. And so you're coming and being community with folks in need who really want to do life differently, it matters. Um, it, it's a ministry just by your showing up. And uh, so thank you for that. I will tell you that the color of our building is bright yellow. It's, it's supposed to be gold color because the idea is everyone inside prison has a little bit of gold inside them. Everyone has a little bit of that, and we're miners. And we're looking to find that gold inside of each person. Each one of us has a little bit of that. God put it there. And that's what we're going after, and that's why our building is bright gold. Um, so anyway, um, hope to have you come. Uh, we have some cookies and coffee at, at uh, 6.30 if you want to come and meet some folks. And that's, that's awesome. I, I just want to say last time I came, I, I gave some grim statistics and about overdoses, about death rates, and, and people going back to jail, what we call recidivism, to paint a picture of why it's important for what we do. Um, and why the mission that God has given us at the Transformation Project is important. And unfortunately, the statistics have gotten worse. Last year, in the state of Maine, there were 10,000 overdoses. There were 700 fatalities of people who died from overdose deaths. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. But the need is real. The need is very real. I'm going to spend today talking about good news. I'm going to spend today talking about what God has been doing. And, and quite honestly, if, if I had to um, give today's message a title, it would be that God is on the move. God's doing stuff right in our midst. This book, this book that Pastor Chad was reading out of, it's not a bunch of just old stuff. It, it's, it's alive and, and it's happening today. And, and so, really, I'm going to tell, tell you three stories. Short stories, I promise. I know you want to get to lunch. Um, when, when I was here in February of 2022, the Transformation House um, had only been open for about five months. And so I didn't really have much to talk about the house, uh, much to talk about the house itself. But today, the first two of my stories are from the house. And, and the first story is about one of our guys who's actually the second guy to come to the house. And, and he knows I'm sharing this this morning. I talked to him about it. And, uh, he was initially a candidate to be our house manager. Uh, he had a record, uh, but he was out uh, of corrections, and he was a, a leader at another house. And actually, uh, the owner of that house recommended him to be our house manager. Well, that didn't happen. 
uh, he left the state and left sobriety. And um, we kept in touch off and on. And, and this guy decided to do the Appalachian Trail. And, uh, and while he was still early on in his journey, one day I felt God nudge me. And, and I felt like I needed a call. I don't know why, but I did. I reached out. Uh, a guy's name is Josh. And little did I know, you know, sometimes God nudges you and, and you say something that somebody else needed to hear it that day. That was just one of those things. That's how it worked. And that was a turning point for Josh. God spoke to him that day. And we kept in touch um, as he made progress up the trail, state by state. And partway through, he made the decision to come to the Transformation House as one of our first people. And when he came, he embraced our program. Our program's real simple. It's two no's, four yeses. The two no's are, are to really set relationships aside for 12 months and, and to work on yourself. And the other thing is to set aside heavy work schedules. Some of our guys want to spend 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a, a, a week working. You know, second shift, third shift, get that shift differential, got to make back the money, got to pay the bills, got to... It's a whole lot of stress. Right? And, and what he did is, is he took that seriously to set both the relationship piece and heavy work schedule aside to follow Jesus, to work on his own personal foundation. And, and he worked on his faith, he worked on his integrity, he worked on his sobriety, and he worked on his health. He worked on the four things that are part of our program. And, and, and some people say, well, Hank, integrity, you know, that's, that's, uh, you're not supposed to bear false witness, you're supposed to tell the truth. That's really part of your faith, isn't it? Well, yes, it is. Integrity is part of your faith. And they say, well, you know, sobriety in the 12 steps of AA is got accountability and, and you've got service and fellowship. That's kind of part of your faith, too, isn't it? You know, yes, it is. And, and other people say, well, you know, your health, well, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And they say, that's really part of your faith, too. And I say, yep, you figured us out. It's all about our faith. It's really, it's all about Jesus. Right? And, and, and Josh committed to this, and, and over his 12 months, he grew and he changed. In an amazing way, a lot has happened and changed for him. Today he's married. Uh, he's running his own business. He's active in his church. He's now a board member at the Transformation Project. That's a lot in a short amount of time. God has done so much. Josh put himself at the foot of the cross, and God restored him in amazing ways. Amazing ways beyond what you could even imagine. That's our first story of God being on the moon. If you haven't seen Josh's story, you can find it by going on YouTube. It's and searching for at Transformation Project 907. 907 Main Street is our street address, so at Transformation Project 907. The second story is uh, also from the Transformation House, and it challenges the idea of what failure is and what success is. So sometimes we don't understand how long it takes for God to do his thing, to do that God thing, whatever that God thing is going to be. 
sometimes we throw up our hands and say, whatever we're focused on, is, that's, it's just trash. It's going to be trash. It's done. Forget about it. We give up. We give up too soon. We give up when God is just getting started. And one guy we had at the house came to us when he was serving uh, probation. He was with us for a while, but was having some trouble getting completely on board his sobriety. We helped him go to Providence Retreat, where he did the 12 steps of AA in 28 days. Afterward, Scott was here today, came back to the house, and it was good for a bit. But things didn't quite settle down. Scott left the house, and several of us felt that we failed. We failed him. Scott failed us. He failed himself. It was all failure. It was we were kind of dejected and defeated, and we didn't. We just felt like we screwed up. We could have done better. The thing was, God was still at work. And if any of you have some stuff going on in your life right now where you don't feel like you're a hundred percent, as a matter of fact, you don't feel like you're twenty percent, and and you feel like God, I need you. You're not alone. But know this. God's still at work. God's still at work. So Vinny, our house manager, Vinny's here today too, he, he actually kept in touch with his Scott. And they go to AA meeting and so forth and so on in time. The habits and skills that had begun, well, they stuck and they grew. And over time, Scott got more and more involved in AA, and now he's taking on leadership. And I'll tell you one thing. Last night, Scott gave Vinny a chip as he celebrated another year's sobriety. How cool is that? How cool is that, right? Today, Scott's active in his church. It's even cooler, he's now sponsoring other men. What's even cooler than that is Scott is now Joe's sponsor. And Joe is our newest resident at the Transformation Project. Talk about coming full circle. God is often not done when we're ready to throw in the towel. He's just warming up. Vinny's ministry to Scott, Scott has turned his ministry towards Joe, and in time, Joe, you're going to minister to other men. You're going to minister to other men. It's coming. Folks, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. This is one beggar showing another beggar where to find bread. This is ministry. This is helping people get sober and to learn to follow Jesus. These guys are an inspiration to me. That's awesome. God's on the move. Actually, can we give these guys a hand? I mean, that, that's awesome. And my last story, and I, I, this is the third story. I, I promised I'd be, I'd be sure today. Um, I, I, I uh, tend to talk too long before lunch, I know that. Um, the last story is from Cumberland County. And some of you have gone into prisoner jail as volunteers, and, and some of you have been overnight guests. Um, it's important for you to know whether um, you go in as a volunteer or pray for the volunteers who go in. That God is working inside of correction. 
I'm looking at Jim. Uh, my friend Jim goes inside too. And Jim and his lovely wife uh, both go in over the main correctional center. God's working. And it's important that you know that God's on the move inside corrections as well. One day I was working at Cumberland County Jail and it was Ash Wednesday. And if you're not familiar with that, uh, it, it's the beginning of Lent, or Christians commonly use this period of Lent to prepare for Easter to get their hearts right, kind of kind of look inside. And, and on this day, I went with Reverend Jeff Chaplin, and we went and administered ashes that are a sign of repentance and turning to God. We went in uh, to the different pods and units of the jail and invited people who were interested to join us into the classroom and for a blessing and to receive the ashes on their forehead. It was emotional. Uh, it was emotional for me to, to be with people on the very margins of life who are seeking repentance, seeking to do life differently. Finally, we got to the shoe. And the shoe is not footwear. Some people call it solitary. Some people call it seg or segregation. Some people call it jail for jail. If you misbehave in the community, you go to jail. If you misbehave in a jail, you go to the shoe. Men in the shoe can't come out to a classroom. They're kept separated, isolated. And three or four cells in the shoe to a group of cells, and uh, Reverend Jeff and I would go into each group of cells, and Reverend Jeff would ask through closed doors if anyone would want an Ash Wednesday blessing. And I was surprised by the number of people who said yes. They wanted a blessing. They needed a blessing. I don't know if any of you today here need a blessing. They needed a blessing. He asked for the closed doors if they wanted that blessing, and, and they said yes. The folks in the shoe might be in the middle of their psychotic break. They might be in the middle of withdrawal from drugs or alcohol. The folks in the shoe are often in the hardest, lowest points in their life. And they were saying yes. They're saying yes, needing that blessing. As we came to each door, the corrections officer would open a, a little slot in the door, the, the slot where they would pass the food tray through the door, which is how they would eat. And an inmate would kneel down in front of or behind the door and press their head to that slot. And I would pray over them. And Reverend Jeff would reach through the slot and impose the ashes on their forehead in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. By the end, I had tears leaking down my cheeks because I saw God reaching down into people's very darkest moments. 
I saw our amazing God on the move, reaching down into people's poverty of spirit in a way that was amazing. It changed me. I will tell you, God is also on the move in the prisons and the jails. These stories have something in common. They are each examples of God doing amazing work in amazing situations. In each situation, it would be easy to write off a person who had made many mistakes as irredeemable. It's a good thing for us that humans don't get to make that decision. At least good for me. We have a good God who has amazing patience, who loves us, and will keep calling to us. Which brings us to our scripture this morning. I don't have a big scripture, just a little one. But it's powerful. This is powerful stuff. This is Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever on that. Immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. We sell God short, don't we? I think we underestimate God just a little bit. We ask for too little. We ask for the bare minimum. In some ways, it's kind of like God prepares a banquet for us. A big banquet fit for a king, the best foods, and we go in, and, and we get a little plate, and we get a couple of appetizers, and we leave, and we say, that's good. God has more than we can ask or imagine. He's reaching into people's lives, and he will reach into each of our lives today if we let him. This leads us to our first question of the day. As we look at these examples of God being on the move, question is, is God on the move in my life? Is God on the move in your life? God is doing amazing things, greater than we can ask or imagine. Is that where we're at? That leads us to our next question. If not, why not? What's going on? In these stories, we, we hear about people who come to a place where they're ready to set down the stuff that they've been carrying and sometimes carrying for way too long. Each of us sometimes have been carrying some hurt or some pain, our pride, our guilt, our shame, our addiction, the stuff that's been done to us, the stuff that we've done to other people. And we carry this stuff, and we carry it around, and sometimes all we can see is the stuff that we're carrying around. We get used to it. We get used to it, and we're comfortable with our pain, our shame, our guilt, our stuff. And it's almost like an old sneaker. 
doesn't look that good anymore. Starting to smell a little bit. Might be smelling a lot. But it's our old sneaker. It's comfortable. We're used to it. We're carrying that stuff around like that dirty old smelly sneaker. We talk about a place to set that stuff. It's called the foot of the cross. God's made a place for us to set that stuff. We come to a moment where we recognize we can't keep carrying this stuff anymore. We need to trust it to God. We have to accept that Jesus paid the price for all of our stuff that we've done. We have a God who offers us peace. Matthew 11, 28, seeking a little bit more scripture in, says this, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Anybody need some rest this morning? We want that rest, that peace that passes understanding. We need to come to Him and set some stuff down. We need to do that surrender thing. So our next question is, is there something I need to set down today? And I'll tell you for me, I need to set some stuff down. I've been a Christian now for 30 years a little over 30 years. I've got some stuff to set down. I have some things to set at the foot of the cross this morning. My question is, do you have some things you want to do that too? One, one final question, after we look at setting our stuff down, that's holding us back, that we're trying to hang on to, and we're trying to control, and sometimes we've set it at the foot of the cross, and we picked it back up like we can do a better job with it than God can. That doesn't work so well, does it? When we finally set that stuff down, our last question is this. God, what's my next step? We all have a next step. My pastor says, if you're not dead, God's not done. And what he does is when he does that, he looks, he looks right for the 90-year-old's in the church, and when he says that, the rest of us have to say, okay, if he's looking at the 90-year-olds, well, the rest of us, well, we kind of have to shape up, and, 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 and we have to have that active following of Jesus as who we are. So today, I'd like to ask you to pray about your next step. It might be working in a ministry right here at the vineyard. We'd love you to uh, have your next step be volunteering or donating to the Transformation Project. You know, there's no shortage of opportunities at the uh, Transformation Project from working at the women's um, worship at MCC, making phone calls and updating our information for the Resource Center, uh, joining our facilities team, uh, and doing some small projects or, or, or being a mentor. There's all kinds of different things. Or you can even make cookies for the, the, the uh, uh, meeting tonight. I mean, it, it can be endless. But that's really not the point. That's really not the point. The point is submitting ourselves to God, laying down our stuff, and asking God, what's next? 
what's next? And if what's next for you includes a transformation project, great. That's awesome. But what's really important is asking these questions. Are we submitting ourselves to God? Are we laying down our stuff and asking God what's next? So I'd like to pray for us. Um, and after, there's a little video um, that uh, I'd like to show, just tells a little bit about into a time of prayer. I've asked some questions this morning. Maybe you're in a place where you need to set some stuff down. Maybe you need to set it down again. Maybe you've never set it down. Maybe you've been dragged here uh, by somebody and, and you're a little uncertain about this. Jesus, dude, well, tell you what, all you need to do is start with a little bit of faith in a great God. You don't need to start with a great faith in a little God. He'll meet you right where you're at. So right now, I'd like to invite us into a time of prayer. And I'm going to pause for a little bit. I'm going to pause as I pray and invite you into those quiet moments to ask God, is there something you want me to set down now? And if you know what it is, I'm going to ask you to do that. I'm going to pause when we talk about, God, what's my next step? And I want, I want to encourage you to pray. God, what's my next step? Where is that? Where do I go? So if we can, let's be in the Spirit. God, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that you're working. And you redefine what it means for failure. Because we know that you're still working. You're still doing stuff. And we repent for not trusting you more, God. We, we, we know that you are God. And we have to go all in with you, God. God, we ask this morning for you to show us the things that we need to set down at the foot of your cross and trust you. God, we, we ask for this, and we ask for you to come and be with us now as we quiet our hearts and spend a few moments in silence and consider putting things at the foot of your heart. God, we, we continue to pray and pour out our hearts to you, and we want to start praying about what our next steps are. God, for those of us here who have never taken the step of trusting you, God, I, I pray for 
individuals who are heart, whose hearts are beating right now, almost beating out of their chest, and, and, and folks who are on the moment, on the verge of saying yes to me. God, I pray that if there's someone here today who needs to say yes to you for the very first time, I would pray for that to be their next step. If there's someone today who says, I need to go public with this, I want to be baptized, I want to talk to Pastor Chad about getting baptized, God, I pray for that person. God, we have a next step. If our step is in ministry, our step is, is helping or serving or whatever that looks like, I pray for that. And God, I ask you to bless us and pour out your Holy Spirit right now as we get quiet and come to you and ask about our next step. God, please be with us in this silent moment. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your son. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that helps us to live the life that you're calling us to. We thank you that you are the God who can do more than we can even ask or imagine. Help us not to sell you short and hang in there with you and trust you and know that you're doing stuff and that you are upon the God, we thank you and we praise you and we lift all these things up to you in the name of your Son, in the name of our Savior.